when you put together the 75th anniversary team that's supposed to represent the 75 greatest players in the history of the NBA, there's always going to be a debate over should there be more players from the past or should there be more players from the current NBA? How do you evenly respect both eras? And I had a friend come to me in a conversation and he said that he thought if you're a current player, there should be less current players because most of them, they're at the middle or beginning stages of their careers. Some of these that are actually on the team. And I thought about that and I said, I like where he's coming from, but take a person like Steph Curry, for example. Steph's been in the league over 12 years. KD's been in the league over 12 years. So they're they're at the cusp, at the very edge of their primes. But they've been in the league long enough. They've represented themselves in the finals. They've got resumes. Both have won MVPs. Steph has won two. Steph, by the way, is the only unanimous MVP in the history of the NBA. That's that's something that he's probably going to hold for quite some time. KD's a two-time finals MVP, multiple scoring championships. I don't doubt they deserve to be on the team. It's The thing is, though, when fans get into these debates, uh, when, when guys like myself and other podcasters, sports podcasters get into these debates, it's not just that they're on the team. Everybody wants to go a step further and go, where are they ranked? I'll give you an example. Reggie Miller, Hall of Famer, great player. Reggie's ranked ahead of Clyde Drexler. Reggie's a five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, career 18 points per game, career 40% from three, 88 from the free throw line. Reggie Miller was a terrific player, and he has some signature moments, particularly against the New York Knicks. But as a basketball player, was Reggie a better basketball player than 10-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and an NBA champion, Clyde Drexler? He was a better shooter, but a better player? Clyde Drexler averaged just under six assists per game for his career. And he averaged, just, he averaged six rebounds a game for his career. He's a career 20 points per game scorer. I just don't know. I don't know how they quantify that greatness. Yes, Clyde, I don't think Clyde has a signature moment in terms of taking over a series. But as the best player on those Portland teams, he led them to the finals twice. And they ran into historic teams. He lost to the Bad Boy Pistons and Jordan's Bulls. And then later in his career, he won a championship alongside the great Hakeem Olajuwon. And he wasn't just there for the ride. In that finals, Clyde Drexler averaged 19 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. So he came and he balled. I I just wonder what the thinking, the committee, their thought process, I, I guess their thought process when they were comprising, when they were saying, yes, we have Reggie Miller in and we have Clyde Drexler in and we're going to have Scottie Pippen in and Dwayne Wade. How did they come to the conclusion who should be rated ahead of the others? I grant I grant you this. 
when you get into the top five, actually, I think when you get to the top five, it becomes easier. But outside the top five, when you start talking about 10 and 12 and 15, it becomes complicated. Off the top of my head, I think that both Curry and Durant are top 15 players. And maybe they're either, even, even further up. I do know this. By the time their careers are over, it would not shock me if both of them cracked the top 10. Their stories are still being written. They're not done yet. They both could very well win at least one more championship each. And then how much more would that elevate them? I say all that because it leads you into that conversation that I mentioned earlier. Who's the GOAT? True story. I had actually done this show, had a 34-minute conversation about the all-time greats, the top 10, top 5, all the way down to number 1 with Howard Smith, Mr. New York Knicks. And when I went to save the episode, it wouldn't save. Contacted Anchor Support, and they couldn't help me. I say that to say this. So now I'm doing a different show, and rather getting to big upping a great player while bringing down another, because that's what seems to happen when we get into these conversations. If I tell you how great Shaq is, then somehow, some kind of way, somebody's going to tell you what Kareem wasn't or what Olajuwon wasn't. So I think that in acknowledging the 75th anniversary team and knowing that there are greats from the past along with the present, I'm just going to give these these players, the ones that I mentioned, I'm just going to give them their flowers and acknowledge what they were and what they accomplished. Starting with the dream, Akeem Olajuwon, 12-time All-Star, led the league in blocks three times, 12-time All-NBA, former Rookie of the Year, two-time Finals MVP. He won a regular season's MVP, nine-time All-NBA defense, Defensive Player of the Year twice, and of course, a two-time champ. Kim Olajuwon was the quickest big man I've ever seen, and that still holds true to this day. He's not quick for a big man, matter of fact. He's just quick. His ability to show, recover, get out in space and guard, when you beat him, he was so quick he could be meet you at the rim and could change end to end as fast as anyone. He, along with David Robinson, were two of the most unique players I've ever seen in that they moved. They moved like wing players. They didn't move like bigs, especially when they were running. Elijah Wan might not have been as fast as Robinson, but he was quicker. His quickness was amazing. And when you can dominate the way he did defensively, then you throw in the footwork, the touch, and his ability to score in so many different ways on offense. I still think the dream is underrated, but there's no doubt he is one of the 75 greatest players to ever live. And in my opinion, he should get more consideration for the top 10. Let's go present. KD, Kevin Durant, easy money sniper, KD Trey. I call KD the seven foot Iceman. Seven foot tall with the handle 
of a perimeter player, with the handle of a, a talented wing or a guard. KD's more than just a jump shooter. He can attack the basket. He can get to the rim. And he'll bang on you if you sleep on him. 12-time All-Star, two-time NBA champ, four-time scoring champ, two-time finals champ. He's a regular season MVP. Also was a member of the 08 All-Rookie team. He also won Rookie of the Year that season. Kevin Durant's ability to generate offense from off the dribble, his efficiency, never being what you would call a volume scorer. This season, 52% from the field, 37 from three, 89% from the line. His effective field goal percentage is an insane 56%. For his career, he's a 38% three-point shooter, 88% free throw shooter, 49% from the floor. 27 points, seven rebounds, just under five assists. Kevin Durant is one of the most versatile players offensively in NBA history. And he, no one would ever call a volume scorer, like I said. He has one season in his career where he's taking 20 or more shots. That's how efficient he is as a scorer. And he's developed into a respectful, I would say not a great defender, but a very good defender. I think he's a better team defender in that he's really good coming from the weak side. KD, no doubt, is one of the 75 greatest players of all time. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq, the big diesel, the big Aristotle, Superman, Shaq Fu. We can go down the line. He has so many names. 15-time All-Star, four-time NBA champion, three-time All-Defensive team, three-time Finals MVP. And remember, that was that three-peat in a row. He was dominant against the Sixers in Matumbo. He was dominant the following season against those Nets. And then that first championship, after that signature lob and dunk by him with Kobe versus the Blazers in the conference finals, he was dominant against Rick Smith's and Reggie Miller's Pacers. Two-time scoring champ, 14-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year in 92-93. A lot of people forget this, too. And maybe because he stayed so relevant as a celebrity and a commentator, Shaq's not from the 2000s. Shaq's rookie class was 92, and maybe that's why he's as revered as he is, as big and as powerful as he is. Shaq took a beating in those 90s. They were giving it to him as well as he was giving it to them. And I I think the thing that I like most about Shaq is he he did play the game like a kid. He He, he enjoyed playing the game, and yet at the same time, when he needed to, he could be dominant. I've never seen anybody that size that quick, especially when he was in Orlando. I think the more polished version of him is what the Laker fans got. In Orlando, he was this freakish athlete pulling down entire, not just the rim, but the entire stanchion. He had that kind of force. And I think he was just coming to his own when he went to the Lakers. He became more polished, developed, a jump hook, had more touch around the basket. Shaquille O'Neal, by no doubt, is the most dominant force in NBA history. LeBron James. Easy to talk about the greatness of LeBron James. 18-time All-Star. 17-time All-NBA. 03-04 Rookie of the Year. Six-time All-NBA Defense. Four-times Final Champ. Four-times Final MVP. 
four-time regular season MVP, three-time all-star regular season MVP. He's also a scoring champ. He also led the league in assists once. LeBron James, statistically, and this is not a debate, statistically, will go down as the greatest in NBA history. And in terms of longevity, you have to respect and acknowledge in year 19, averaging 29-8-6 on 52% from the field, no player in the history of the game has played at this level this late in their career. He is definitely the greatest of all time in terms of longevity and sustained greatness. So salute to the king, LeBron James. Larry Bird was not only one of the great shooters of all time, he was one of the great competitors of all time and one of the most complete basketball players in NBA history. 12-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA, 79-80 Rookie of the Year, 81-82 All-Star MVP, three-time MVP, three-time NBA champion, three-time All-NBA defense, and a two-time Finals MVP. And his career numbers, 24 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, 49% from the field, 37% from three, 88 from the line. Larry, Larry Bird was as complete an offensive player that you will ever see. Maybe he didn't have the length or the quickness of a KD, but he had the know-how, the footwork, the ability to shoot with both hands around the basket, and the mental toughness to lead a team to the NBA championship multiple times. Steph Curry, eight-time All-Star, 2015-2016 steals champ, seven-time All-NBA, two-time MVP, and the first and only unanimous MVP. So salute to Steph. 2021-22, he just did that. All-Star game MVP, insane 50 points a game explosion. Steph put on a show with his long-range shooting. We've seen that time and time again. Two-time scoring champ, three-time NBA champ. The thing about Steph is he does represent a generation in his own right because not a super freakish athlete, not the biggest guy on the floor, not the most muscular guy on the floor. He can just play the game and he can just shoot the ball at a high level. And he's shown if you have a high basketball IQ, if you get in the gym, get in the lab and put in the work and you're committed like that, look what he's done. Even this season, 25 points a game, five rebounds, six assists. And by his standards, he's shooting 38% from three, which for him would be considered an off year. 91% from the line for his career, 42% from three, 24 points, six and a half assists. Steph Curry has weaponized the three-point shot in a way that no player has ever done before. Magic Johnson, the great Irvin Magic Johnson. 12-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA, three-time Final MVP, five-time NBA champ, three-time regular season NBA, four-time assist leader, two-time steals leader, two-time All-Star game MVP, and probably my favorite All-Star game, maybe the most emotional one, was 92 when Magic came back and he won the MVP. 19 points a game. Seven rebounds, 11 assists, 52% from the field. That's Irvin Magic Johnson statistically. But if you saw him play, 
the passes he made, his court vision, his leadership, the way that if you're a fan, he brought you in. Magic's impact on the game, he made it fun. For many years, the NBA was all about getting buckets. Magic made it cool to pass the ball. He impacted, I think, a generation with his ability to facilitate and share. And somehow he could be on the floor with multiple people averaging 25 or more points a game. And he's the best player on the floor. I know the NBA, when we when we look at great players and we match them up and we try to say who's the better player or who had the greater career, I'm going to say this, and I've said it before. Put Irvin Johnson on a basketball floor with nine other guys, and nine times out of ten, he will be the best player on the floor, and that team, his team, will win. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 19-time All-Star. 15-time All-NBA, 6-time NBA champion, 6-time regular season MVP, 2-time finals MVP, former Rookie of the Year, 11-time All-NBA defense, led the league in blocks 4-time. He's also a 2-time scoring champion. This resume is as good or great a resume you'll see in NBA history. And there's no question Kareem is deserving of being in the top three all-time in any discussion. And if you went a step further and said the greatest basketball career of all time, Kareem would be number number one by far when you factor in what he did at Power Memorial in high school, what he did at UCLA. The only reason he didn't win four MVPs, he didn't win four championships in college is because when he was there, they didn't allow freshmen to play. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in my opinion, has had the greatest basketball career ever. <laughs> Michael Jordan, 14-time All-Star, 10-time scoring champ, 11-time All-NBA, led the league in steals three-time, former Rookie of the Year, three-time All-Star MVP, five-time regular season MVP, six-time NBA champion, six-time finals MVP, nine-time All-NBA defense, former Defensive Player of the Year. 30 points a game, six rebounds, five assists, 49% from the field, 32 from three. Michael Jordan was a as complete an offensive package you could have in the NBA. Not only did he dominate you on the perimeter, as he got older, along with his footwork and his overall skill set, he became a great post player. There are a lot of great players in the history of the NBA, and there are no shortage of players who can make a case for being the greatest of all time. Some surpass him in all-time points. Some surpass him in longevity and what they did later into their careers. Some have more titles. There is no shortage of players who can make a case. But I don't think there's any player in NBA history who has a better case. So to not wade into that never-ending conversation, I'm just going to say there's Michael Jordan. There's a lot of other great players who can compare to him on that level, but I don't know if any of them can surpass him. This episode was fun because this is really about just celebrating great players and their careers, what they accomplished, some from the past, 
some in the current NBA who can still add on to their legacies. Um, I'm going to change when I drop episodes. I've been dropping episodes on Thursdays, but from now on, I'm dropping the NBA Cypher on Tuesday. So going forward, good looking out. I appreciate all the messages. I appreciate all the love. It's the NBA Cypher celebrating the 75th anniversary of the NBA next time. Thank <laughs> you.